welcome everyone to this edition of uh, Human Wisdom Live. And today we're going to be talking about success, what it is, what it isn't, where our idea of success comes from, what are the perils of chasing success, and how can we be successful as human beings and in the world. My guest today is my friend and an accomplished author, Doug Gordon, who's just published a new book called Charge Yourself Up for Success. And he's based in Dublin in Ireland. Welcome, Doug. Thanks, Manish. Lovely to see you and everybody here today. So, Doug, let's get started. So the format is that we'll Doug and I will talk for about 30 minutes or 40 minutes. And then uh, as we travel, if you have any questions or comments, put them in the chat. We'll address them as we're going. But at the end of that, uh, Doug's going to talk a little bit about his book. I'm going to show you around the Human Wisdom app. And then we're going to open it up for your questions and your comments. So please uh, save them till then. So Doug, the typical definition of success is what? Fame, wealth. Why do we chase all that? Well, I think I can only talk from my own perspective. And in my own perspective, my dad was my superhero. And my dad was an orphan who became a multimillionaire by the time he was about 40. And I wanted to emulate him. As a lot of us, as children, we often want our attention from our parents, which I yes. certainly did. Yes. So I think as a child, I always wanted to grab my dad's attention. He was a busy man. He was a very successful man. And I think sometimes, even when they are giving as much love as they possibly can, we feel that we wanted more. And because of that, I came out with the same goals when I came out of university as him. I wanted to become a, a millionaire. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to own two houses with no mortgage. And I wanted to be recognized in the national newspapers for success in what I was doing. And I achieved all of those. And they're all from ego. They're all to impress my father. And they all came down that once I'd achieved them, I ended up having a near-death experience because I had no other goals lined up. So, so the I think sad thing is, I guess, that we all our all our goals for our life come from our conditioning, one way or the other, right? Whether it's from our parents or society as a whole. I went to a school once and I asked all the 18-year-olds in the sixth form, what do you want? And I think except for two kids, the remaining 50 said they wanted to be famous and wealthy. <laughs> and I asked them why, and they said, because it's gonna make us happy. I said, why aren't you happy now? And they said, happiness is really hard. So you see how we do it. We pursue this uh, idea of success, hope it's going to make us happy. But we're often disappointed, aren't we? Yeah, I think so many people say, I'll be happy when I have this. Or let's take someone like um, Elon Musk. I'll be happy when I have a million, when two million, a billion, you know, 10 billion, 100 billion. And still, he's trying to put happiness into a place that's not in his present moment, not on this earth in terms of trying to get up to space, trying to get away from where he is now. Yes. And if we can truly get happiness for where we are now in the mm -hmm. present moment, rather than somewhere else, that's true success. That's true. Happiness. That is the real key message to bring out because so many young people and adults spend the best years of their lives, 30 years, 40 years, chasing some pot at the end of a rainbow. And of course, it's full of frustration. So we're also saying, besides being happy in the moment, success also means health, happiness, successful relationships, being at peace with yourself, right? Because that often eludes so many 
human beings. And I think you said something beautiful yesterday, which is, are you doing something to touch other people's hearts? Yeah. Do you know, I had this guy on my radio show called John Matone, and John was Steve Jobs' executive coach. And John, about 25 years ago, went out to try and make a book or, you know, that he was going to get on stages and make money and become famous. And the book was a disaster. And then about 10 years later, his son came out of university. And this time he had the intention of putting the book back out, relaunching it with the energetic intention of adding value to similar type students as his son, giving and trying to help them. Anyway, the, the book then became a New York Times bestseller. Steve Jobs read the book. Steve Jobs brought him into Apple and the rest is history. He now speaks on stages all over the world. So the energetic intention behind what you try and do in terms of success will breed a very different type of feeling within you in terms of fulfillment and success or just bland success. And actually, I truly believe that when you go to give to others rather than just selfishly get, selfishly get for yourself, it's amazing how the universe or your, even your own subconscious brings that vibration into you to attract the right things to make it work. I think Einstein put it nicely. He said, strive to be useful rather than successful. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you can be of use, as you said, your story illustrates that uh, beautifully. And of course, we think that success lies in the promotion or being the best in this or the best in that. But you could also be a cleaner or a bus driver or something really ordinary and also be successful by just doing what you're doing really, really well and enjoying what you're doing, right? Because everybody can't be the president and prime minister and head of this and the millionaire and all of that stuff, right? hundred percent. If you look at my TED talk and go down the comments, you'll see a guy on the comments saying, oh, that story about the computer guy, that's me, Doug. And I said, yeah. So what happened was I was working in a company called Davy Asset Management and there was a computer guy, he was one of the heads of IT, and he came up to me because I used to do these inspirational kind of things after work. And he said to me, he said, Doug, I'm fed up. He said, every single day, people just ring me up and complain about their computers not working, complain about the IT not working. I feel I want to leave. And I said to him, I said, look, Keith, why don't you reframe what we're doing? Why don't you have a look at the fact that actually what we're doing is we're helping that granny or grandpa retire younger, give more to their children, their grandchildren, or buy a better retirement home. And when you see it in that and understand that every single time you solve an IT-oriented issue, you're actually helping that granny or grandpa in some way or form. So when you can look at the energetics of what you do in your job now and how it betters somebody's life, it gives you much more of a sense of meaning in terms of what you're doing, whether, as you say, whether you're the janitor, the cleaner, or even the CEO. Yes, exactly right. So important that we shouldn't regard success as the gateway to happiness. Because if you regard success, that if I get this, I'll be successful, then, you know, you're going to be disappointed in life. And um, besides our parents and our conditioning, I think our other idea of success comes from our fear, doesn't it? <laughs> what the future will hold for me. So I end up doing something I may not like. I, I mean, in, in your case, for example, asset management and all of that stuff, which, you know, you didn't particularly like. Um, well, so I, I have to say, Magic. Manager, I did actually enjoy it, but then I think after a long period of time, when the ego came out, the ego side of me enjoyed the, the money, the success, people looking up at you at the houses you had and the cars you had. But then when you get to a state when you realize it's not making you happy inside of here, hmm. rather than just here, then you start to think, I need to mind, find my true success 
coming from being interlinked to my true heart self, my higher self, to be able to find my true passion and purpose. In yes, life. so you, you put it beautifully that we chase success in the world outside because we think it'll make us feel good on the inside. And it does so for a short time. And, it does, and the reason for that is all pleasure is short-lived. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a new car or the new house or the new promotion. And so this success on the inside, which we'll talk about in a second, is a completely different matter. And that requires this inner journey, wisdom, whatever word you want to, um, to call it. Okay. Do you think people are aware of their conditioning that's driving their... What their, whatever their definition of success is. Were you aware that you were doing this all because of your father and you were chasing that? Or you came to you much later, that realization? I think the realization in terms of awareness came a lot later. I think at the moment, especially with COVID, which people have been having time to self-reflect at home, I think their own emotional intelligence in terms of awareness and conscious communication with their own self has heightened uh, by spending that time in silence, that time by themselves and reflecting by being able to change loneliness into solitude has been able to give them a sense of awareness. And that, for me, happened through a near-death experience and through ailments and through looking at myself, why am I getting these ailments? Why aren't the doctors able to fix them? And then realizing it wasn't just physical, it was actually mental and emotional. And it's because I wasn't aligned to my true self, my heart self. Yes. So the key thing, we're not saying that this is right and that's wrong. We're just saying, become aware that your idea of success comes from your conditioning influences, whatever they might be. And just to question them so that you don't spend 30 years of your life living somebody else's dream, whether it's, you know, society as a whole or your parents or whatever that might be. Okay. So what do you think are the perils? My next question, Doug, is we, everyone regards chasing success as a really great, noble thing. But there are some perils on the way. What are the problems that chasing success can cause? Well, I mean, if you're totally focused on being successful, on money, on whatever goal you might have, sometimes the people around you in terms of your family might not have that same aligned goal. And also, it can also take time, like energy and time leads to success. So if you are spending a lot of time, and I, I spend time when I'm working till 3 a.m., I mean, my girlfriend will tell you that she gets very annoyed at times when I've been doing suicide hotlines till, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning over in the States, helping people, and then coming to bed and kind of hearing the squeak of the floors. So, and that can cause, you know, a little bit of, you know, friction between yourself and your loved ones. Yes. So it's very important to get aligned to something and then try and bring them along with it and have alignment and support from it. They don't have to have the same values in terms of, you know, the same goals, but at least the support for that, I think, is very important. But time, right? I mean, if we're spending all our time chasing some idea of success, then... The whole, as you say, we just don't have enough time for our children, our other loved ones, our parents, whatever that might be. And there was an interesting Harvard study, which went on for 80 years, asking the same people only one question. What's the most important thing in your life that makes you happy? And all 80 years, the answer was the same. It's the quality and depth of our relationships. It's not the success we achieve in the world. So just to balance that pursuit of success with, as you said, looking after people. But also 
Doug, chasing success means that you're going to encounter failure, right? Because that's the other side of the coin. And we're so unprepared to meet failure. I mean, every year, so many young people fail an exam or don't do well at university and they end up taking their own lives. And this happens all over the world. What can we do to meet failure and prepare for it? Well, the first thing is to accept that failure is part of life. And if you can't fail, they always say fail is an acronym for first attempt in learning. Um, I would say frequent attempt in learning might be uh, more appropriate. And I think we all go through failure. And without failure, it doesn't bring us up to the other level. So on my radio show, for example, one of the main questions I ask all my guests, and these included you know, New York Times bestsellers and many others, is that the fact that, you know, what is your biggest failure that you ever had in your life or your career that actually projected you up to another level of learning and consciousness. And I think when we have that and we learn from that, then we can grow from that. And I also believe that all the hardships in life are there to help you to learn to grow, to evolve, to become better versions of yourself. And I also believe that if you are having a hard time, maybe pat yourself on the back, because maybe you've played this game of life so often that you're testing yourself to the ultimate, to see if you can still get through all this crap and come out the other side still as that best version. Yes, so beautifully said. So Nelson Mandela put it beautifully. He says, I never fail, I either succeed or I learn. And uh, so failure is an opportunity for learning, but we never think about it, you see. We're never taught to think about it or to prepare for it, even mentally. You know, we're starting any project. Um, we've both written books and we've just got to be ready that ah, this might bomb, may not do well and so on. Um, so preparing, I think, for failure is, is so important. But of course, on this journey of chasing success, and because you, it becomes your whole sense of self-worth is tied in that. The other day I met a 50-year-old man who said, my life is a failure. I said, why? He said, I don't have my own house or my own car. And so on. So it can really impact our sense of self-esteem and our sense of self-worth and all of that, right? Oh, 100%. And I, I think I do a lot of people with depression. I do a depression and suicide hotline every single week on a Wednesday on Clubhouse. And we get people coming through the door in serious conditions and people get, you know, they have these perspectives that if you can reframe very quickly, you can change your mindset. And there's a lady, out, in fact, who came in just this last Wednesday and she said out loud to us all, she said, you know what? I feel so depressed. Here I am. I haven't moved on. I'm still living in the same house I lived with my ex-husband. I'm still driving the same Mercedes as I was with my ex-husband. I feel miserable that I haven't moved on. And I said to her, I said, hold on a minute. You have a Mercedes? You have your own house? How about being incredibly grateful for what you have to create the energy and the attitude of gratitude to be able to get into the vibration of receiving more? Because if I give my two kids a present and they're not grateful, I don't feel like giving them anything else. So why would your own subconscious or God or the universal energy, whatever you believe in, give you anything else if you're not grateful for what you have now? So get grateful and maybe watch how you move forward after that. Yes, so important. Okay, so even after pursuing success, it can feel really disappointing. I remember Johnny Wilkinson, the rugby player, saying how after he won the World Cup, he had a big crash. So many great sportsmen have written about the depression they experience after winning Olympic golds and so on. Why do you think that happens? What are the, that's one of the perils of chasing success, right? The bigger the high, the greater the crash afterwards. Yeah. 
I, I had it myself manage. I remember I, in 2017, I looked, I was at the Dublin Convention Centre and uh, Dr. John D. Martini and Lisa Nichols from The Secret Film and many others were all speaking there and uh, they've become friends of mine now. But I remember saying at the time, I visualised and I manifest that I was going to speak on that stage in front of the 3,000 people that they had. And I spoke then in uh, March 2020 on that very stage, as I'd manifested, as I'd hoped. And when I came off the stage, I have to say, I walked off and I was on a thrill, a high for maybe an hour. And then I left the event and I felt a real low because I built up that hype so much to be in the same stage, on the same stage, speaking to an audience like my heroes. But when I got there, I realized it was all ego. It wasn't really the same. Now, when I've had success of working with people who've been going through depression, suicide, and then I've seen the change in their lives, how they've changed, and now a lot of them have turned their messes into messages and give them meaning. I had one lady who came on to the line, she said she was about to commit suicide, and I managed to change her. If anybody wants to see it, go on my TikTok. There's a thing that's got 26,000 views of there, and it'll tell you exactly how I changed her mindset very quickly. And if you can do that and see a change in someone else's life and you're giving to someone, that's much more meaningful you know, version of success for me than actually just you know, being on a stage or something like that. But the key thing is to realize something, it's linked to how the mind works, you see. The nature of pleasure is such that it's a stimulant. It's a stimulant. And when we're stimulated, all stimulation has a beginning and an ending. So all pleasure will have a beginning and an ending. And when the pleasure ends, you'll feel empty again. And the emptiness you feel, the depth of it, is dependent on the high you felt before. So you might have spoken to 100,000 people on a stage, Billy Graham, but then you end up in your hotel room on your own. And then, of course, there's the huge crash. So your heart remains empty. That's the key thing to realize. We chase success in the hope it's going to fill our heart on the inside, but we're doing it in the wrong way around. The heart needs to be filled on the inside through our own inner work, you know, as we are going to explore in a second. Um, okay, so uh, being grateful, of course, is, is, is also so important. Um, all right, so what can we do, Doug, to be successful? We've got two more questions. To be successful in the world, and successful as human beings. Let's take success in the world, the classic idea of climbing up the ladder. And if that's what you wanna do, what advice can we have for that person? How can they use their wisdom to climb that ladder of success? Yeah, so like most of us, I in the past, I'm sure a few of you here, uh, put your hand up if you have, put a little yes in the chat box if you have. Have you ever, you know, had one of those days where you've been on holiday, you get back, you have to drag yourself out of the bed as the alarm goes off, drag yourself into the office, and you sit there looking at the screen going, what am I doing here? Anybody had that? I'm sure we all have, right? Yeah, a few hands there, a few thumbs up. We all have, right? And yet, I bet you, if you reverse the scenario, when you're going on holiday the next day, and you might have been packed until 3 a.m. And then the alarm still goes off and you end up springing out of bed, spring into a taxi, spring into the airplane and spring into the swimming pool with loads of energy. Why is that? Because you're aligned to something you love doing. So if you can truly realize what do you love doing? What are you skilled and gifted at doing? And what can you add value to people in some way or form and find a match? That's a pretty good way to find your purpose 
to be able to find your direction in life to be able to help others in some way or form. And purpose and finding that inspiration and finding love for what you do, love for the people you work with and love for the people you serve gives you what I say in terms of an acronym, lots of vibrant energy. And that way, if you're bringing your best self, your true self, your energy at the highest level to everybody you meet, you're going to have a bounce on high vibe, you know, knock on effect from the people that you speak to and meet. So that's going to have a positive impact on the overall world as well. Right. But there's one little important point to make here that we think that it's what we're doing. It could be both, actually. It's what we're doing can energize us, but it also comes from inside, right? That positive attitude, that love for meeting people, love for service, love for making someone's day a better day. That is something that comes from inside you. We keep thinking that our happiness is based on the quality of work colleagues or how much money we're earning, all of that stuff, you know, but it may or may not be true. And as Jenny's put it nicely in the chat, it's, it's sort of who we're being. But say we want to be successful as businessmen, as doctors, lawyers, etc. I guess the first thing we need is to be to persevere because all uh, journeys are full of challenges. And if you give up too quickly, then of course, and there's so many legendary stories, the guys who did WhatsApp, I think they'd mortgaged all their houses. <laughs> they were in despair. And I think uh, just at the last minute, somebody came along and then, of course, they got sold for a billion dollars to Facebook and, and so on. Uh, what about else? What about being curious and keeping learning? That's so important through life, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, look, the minute you stop learning, you stop growing. And I think when I went to India, I know you're originally uh, ancestry from India. And when I went to India, I went to see the Dalai Lama. And I thought the Dalai Lama was going to be the guru that I met. But actually, everybody in life has a story to tell. Everybody has a different perspective, a different angle, and a different way of looking at things. And if you ask questions to understand their perspective, rather than just pushing your own opinions, you might just learn some, something from everybody that you meet, which I did in India, I have to say. So keep on learning and keep on growing. And the other thing I always say, and it's in my book, you mentioned about you know, business people, and you know, I'll link into that. I have an acronym in my book where make success happen, or make it happen. And the make acronym is mindset, actions, knowledge, and energy. And mindset is so important. I, I was in the stock market for 21 years. And if you have a look at the stock market the day before Thanksgiving, the day before Easter, the day before Independence Day, in the last two weeks of the year, in terms of the Santa rally, the stock market goes up 85% of the time. And in terms of actions, you know, you need to understand where you are in life and have a very clear vision of where you want to go to. And that can be in business, but it also can be in life. Because... If you imagine that you have your subconscious brain there, or even let's say if you're spiritual, you have like a little angel, genie angel next to you, and there's a 8 billion people on this planet, and there's 8 billion opportunities to get your wish you know, manifested. If you're not really certain, if you're not really passionate, if you're not really knowing exactly where you're going in terms of focus, in terms of actions, How's this little genie next to you kind of going, well, do you want that? Or do you want this? Are you really true about it? You know, and, and it's very important to make sure that you know this is really what you want. Yes. So in terms of actions, it's clarity. And then knowledge is all about awareness in terms of understanding where you are, understanding your triggers, your traumas, your parental programs, understanding if you're an organization, your team awareness, your organizational awareness, your client awareness, and market awareness. 
And then E, finally, is for energy, in terms of optimizing your energy to optimize your performance and what you're doing. But one more thing is the quality of our relationships. That's such a, if someone had to ask me, what's the one thing that determined my success as a spine surgeon in the world in my previous life? I think it was the quality of our, my relationships with my patients, with my peers, and so on. So relationships, 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 the absolute bedrock of any uh, success that you... Um, and of course, one more is overcoming fear. Because as soon as you start out on any journey, there's a voice in your... Not one, but several voices in your head saying, this is not going to work. And of course, around you, everyone's doubting you as well. So overcoming all our doubts and fears are the key. But leadership, Doug, there's some so important to develop your own leadership skills if you want to be successful in the classic sense in the world. What tips would we have to potential leaders? What's the few things they could take on board on their journey to success? Yeah, sure. So in terms of leadership, leadership, look at the word leadership. It has a ship in it which mm. goes in a direction. So as a leader, you need to communicate. Well, firstly, have very clear, as I said earlier, mission in mm. terms of where you're looking to go. Then align goals in terms of direction to that mission of where you're looking to go as well. And then communicate very clearly to the people you're working with or your clients what that mission is so that you can collaborate together towards those collective goals and create them. So I think it's very important as a leader is to make sure through... Uh, good relationships and actually the word relationship can be broken down into the ship again there's a relay part in terms of conscious communication and actively listening to understand and also then the shun so as a leader you have to have your shuns your expectations your needs your values your conditions of what you want to happen within an organization or within whatever you might be doing then you need to relay those to your staff to your clients in order to get for everybody aligned and on board that ship in the right direction for the company or that relationship, or in life, whatever it might be. And that's really key. And I think as a leader, it's your responsibility to make sure that all the people you're working with are as happy as, to create the environment where they can be their happiest. Because happy employees really boost the productivity of all organizations. And around the world, disengaged or unhappy employees are about 70% in most companies. And that really drains productivity. So organizations, I think, don't pay enough attention to looking after their staff in terms of their psychological needs. Yes, you can have a nice office and all of that, but maybe not creating the right environment where people can be happy. And planning, I think, is so important. As you said, you need to have clear direction in mind where you're going, what you're going to be doing in five years' time, and, and so on. Okay. So my next question, Doug, which is... Probably my last one for our for our conversation is probably the most important one, which is how can we be successful as human beings on the inside? Well, so it's not dependent on what happens on the outside. So how can I be extraordinary, not on the outside, but on the inside? So it doesn't matter what the outside is. On the inside, I'm always going to be extraordinary. Well, in, in my book, I talk about this and I talk about the fact that we all have this inner light inside us and really we need to gleam this inner light out uh, and within us 
And my GLEAM acronym, as I love acronyms, is firstly, G, be grateful for all you have so you can open yourself up to receive more. But also, give to others, because everybody talks about self-love. And during the pandemic, I did a thousand hours of mental wellness work for free. And when I came home, I was able to look at myself in the mirror and go, you know what? You're a decent person. I love you. So giving to others can be the greatest gift sometimes you give to yourself. L is learning that you need to let go of these energies such as anger, resentment, lack of forgiveness and guilt so that you can focus on your fabulous future rather than the problems of the past. But also learn that you can gamify life to take yourself out of the emotions of the interactions that you have with difficult people, to put yourself on a higher floor and look down as the observer rather than the emotional person. And ask yourself in every single time you have an interaction, what am I learning here? What's reflecting back here? How can I grow from here as well? E is energy, and E is all about the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical energies all being intertwined. And if you work on one, it'll help on all the others. But also E is about emotional intelligence, that awareness, that conscious communication, that self-regulation, that inspiration, and also compassion and empathy for others. And working on them will help you internally as well. Yes. A, A is authenticity and true in terms of being your true self and not faking be you. And then M, we've talked about this, the true meaning of success is not having loads of money necessarily, although that can be utilized to help more people. But really, it's when you're 94 years of age, looking back at your life, you look back at how many hearts you've touched. And that comes down even to the simplest things, like kisses you give, hugs you hold, and kind words that you can pass on. And if you go out there and give as many of those, I guarantee you'll live a life of love. So I think for me, the key thing to be successful as a human being on the inside is to live with this deep sense of self-awareness. To understand yourself and how your mind's working in the background. For example, if you, do, if, you, if you understand how your mind's comparing all the time and you stop that, because so much unhappiness comes from our sense of comparing ourselves with others, you know, who have more and, and so on. Um, and also our sense of conditioning, which then makes us, you know, drives all our decision-making in life, our thinking, our behavior. And if we can understand our conditioning, uh, we can then make the right choices for ourselves. But I think the key is to make peace with our own inner emptiness. Because that's inner emptiness is what makes us travel in the world to get the pleasure to make us feel good inside. But if we can make be at peace with ourselves, we can then be extraordinary on the inside, no matter what life holds for us on the outside. So that's really the whole foundation of the human wisdom map that we've created, how to be extraordinary as a person on the inside. I'm gonna take a couple of minutes to show you around what, what we've done. And then Doug's gonna, hopefully if you have an image of your book, Doug, if you could prepare that and uh, share that with us in a second. Uh, so this is the um, Human Wisdom app. It's on the Google and Apple store. It's also at humanwisdom.me. It's free to download and browse. And um, can you see that? Yes, I hope you can. Yeah, okay. So, um, and there's 65 plus modules covering almost every aspect of your life. It begins with an introduction. There's a daily practice with a breathing exercise, a question of the day. Their life stories, short videos, meditations, podcasts, um, a library of global events, and this one will join that uh, library. 
so there are detailed discussions on all sorts of things, dealing with bullying, finding love, uh, exploring death, preventing suicide, exploring forgiveness, and so on. Um, there's a section called Get Help Now. So if you're in real dire straits, these are short videos on how to feel better. We have a section called Wisdom Exercises, which are just short self-awareness exercises, which help you grow as a person in your awareness and explore the deeper layers of your own thinking. Then you can take this understanding and apply it really to every aspect of your life, whether it's stress, relationships, leadership, how to be happy, deal with addiction, live with peace, deal with bullying, or make better decisions in your life. You can also manage your emotions, but the foundation of the program is here in understanding how your own mind works. We've talked about comparison and conditioning, but our mind is also reactive. It operates from self-interest and so on. And the last section is how to understand yourself. So what is inquiry, how to ask questions, and what are the obstacles to inquiry? But our passion at Human Wisdom is to help make the world a better place. And with this wisdom, we can tackle the big challenges in the world, whether it's racism, climate change, global health problems, end conflict in the world, or transform education. So this is my favorite part of the uh, live event, which is to open it up for your comments and questions and uh, what you regard as success and what your own experience of it has been. So, Jenny, do you want to get the ball rolling? You had a nice comment there, which I liked. No, I still, I still think when Doug, you mentioned hockey, you know, we've already got EFT in common. I, I was a, a hockey nut for too many years of my life. Um, I think, I think of success now more of a feeling mm -hmm. than a, a um, an end point. It's. It's you know have I had a have I had a successful day? Well, it's global, isn't it? You've done so many things during the day, some good, some bad, some not. But it's that feeling that you've got as you're going along. So, what for you, Jenny, is a successful day? What are the ingredients? That's such a great concept. Uh, everyone thinks of success as the end point of something. But it could also be a, a continually rolling process, right? As you go through the day. So what do you regard as the ingredients of a successful day? I'm, I have to hold my hands up and say that I'm really new to this. New as in not very good. Um, and it's noticing the small things. And I suppose it's combining success and, and gratitude. You know, I successfully got up this morning. Um, it, it's, it's so easy to overlook it. You know, I've lived a life of being so ungrateful and taking things for granted so much. And I I'm aware that I still do, you know, on yes. a far regular basis. And so, It, I suppose it's re-looking re at, at, is success ongoing? Yes, yes. 
I think from what or you're saying... It, we're all too busy looking at, at the end result of a journey. The journey is miserable. It's absolutely miserable. And there's no fun in that. Yes. You know, you've got to enjoy and be okay about the process. Yes. And what goes into that day to day. I love that idea of being having a successful day, doing what you love, doing it with love, doing it with care, being grateful, appreciating what you have. Or just look at the sky and be curious, you know, live with wonder. Look at the beauty of nature around us and all of that, right? That's a beautiful idea. Thank you for that, Jenny. Uh, anyone else have a comment? Just um, feel Actually, free. Actually, man, one of the things you just said there was key is to look at the sky because I think one of the greatest gifts of spiritual beings living this physical existence is the five senses. And obviously, to be able to have the gift of sight, to be the sun, see the sun, the stars, the sky, the lakes, the mountains is amazing. To be able to hear the, the voice of someone telling you they love you or even the whistle of the wind or a river flowing by is a gift. The taste of chocolate, the touch of a kiss, a hug, or even just the wind in your face. These are you know, amazing gifts that if we can just look at them in a sense of gratitude, it's amazing how it makes life so much more fun. Which is not to have a grudge against people. How can you be successful as a person, which for me being means being at peace with yourself, if your heart is churned up with hatred or anger or a grudge against somebody else, right? So that's beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for that. Doug, you want to come in with that, uh, on that point, yeah. holding a grudge? I, 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 would, I have to say, in the past, I wouldn't have held a grudge, but at times I do get bugged by people who don't do things that I think they should do. So I'll give you an example. That, uh, I actually had something this weekend where I've invited a guy who owns a very big magazine to come for dinner with me, and I've set him up with a potential deal that can make him a lot of money. And he said, I'll tell you last minute, and he hasn't. So I have to say, I'm kind of thinking, you know, but then I said to myself, keep the separateness. And keep the understanding that you can't expect everybody to do the same thing as yourself. Just because you do something and you have a value, you need to respect them for where they are in their path as well. And to understand that we all have different paths in life. You can have people who are successful, like Elon Musk at a very young age. And then you can have people like Louise Hay, who didn't write her first book, You Can Heal Your Life, till she was in her 60s. And set up Hay House in her, I think she was 68. So understand that there is a different path for everybody. And also, I will say that my own father-in-law, who passed away now, I remember this guy was a carpenter. He had no money, uh, but he had a house. He traveled the world. He had a family. He was happy. So the relative success in terms of the happiness that he had compared to, say, Elon Musk, I actually wonder whether he was happier. So it's to not judge people, take that separateness, and to understand that everybody has their own path and also their own journey in terms of time of getting to where they need to be. So don't judge people. And you mentioned something really important, which is expectations. Let's talk a little bit about that because our expectations of ourselves at, in terms of success, for example, you know, if I, my idea of success, my expectation is it's having a thousand pounds in the bank you know, I'll be successful. But if it's having a million pounds in the bank or 10 million, I may not get there. And I'll always regard, be miserable that I've been a failure. 
So having understand that our own expectations of ourselves create our own sense of disappointment and failure and all that. But equally, our expectations of others can do the same thing. Well, actually, just today I was having a chat with my son and he works for a management company in London. And he said on Monday they, and Tuesday they were, he was working till 12 at night. And he was grumbling about it. And I said, why are you grumbling? It's just hard work. You know, he said, yeah, dad, I realize it's just a mindset problem. I just need to adjust my mindset. You see? So because he was grumpy about it, I said, you're going to turn up to work with that grumpiness. And that's, of course, going to reflect in how other people see you, you know. Um, so you've said something really important, which is to have that positive mindset and um, positive attitude. And I think, if anything, that will contribute to your success in the world. Thank you for that, Alison. Okay, so well, I hope you all have a really wonderful weekend. Thank you for joining this edition of Human Wisdom Live. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more, please download the Human Wisdom app or visit humanwisdom.me. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.